In the name of the glorious Trinity, Father and Son and Holy Spirit, forever. Amen. Glory be to the everlasting mercies which sent you to us, O Christ, the light of the world and the life of all. Give us wisdom by your law and enlighten our impulses by your knowledge. Sanctify our souls by your truth and grant that we may be obedient to your words and may fulfill your commandments at every hour. O you who enlightens the rational with the knowledge of your greatness, do enlighten, O my Lord, our thoughts, that we may meditate upon your holy and divine scriptures at all times, O Lord of all, Father and Son and Holy Spirit forever. Amen. We will follow Jesus, we will follow Jesus, we will follow Jesus, we will not leave Jesus, his voice is calling us, the voice of Lord Jesus, we will follow his ways. Fulfilling his precepts. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, beloved listeners of the Assyrian ministry, the podcast ministry, Double H Sword. Uh, great to be with you one more time. Anita Solomon, shout out. There you go. You requested that I sing um, uh, more frequently on these programs, and um, this one was for you. And I. Um, I remember we used to sing this song, and we still do. I mean, during the English services, it is a uh, a Christian, a spiritual song. Uh, it was written in the Assyrian language, but um, we translate it in the English language so that we can sing it during the English services. Great to be with you, and um, thank you again, once again, for all your comments and your feedback. Truly appreciate it. Um, but I ask that you do please share this podcast. Um, we're getting a lot of feedback now, and... Um, Many people are listening to these podcasts, and always glorify God, please, um, and keep this in your prayer. Um, there's only one uh, purpose and one main reason for this podcast is that the the all sanctifying uh, and uh, living and life giving Word of God is preached for those souls who are in darkness and um, don't know Jesus Christ and have no relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our third episode, um, looking at um, salt and light. Our scripture passage was Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. Jesus commands and instructs, you are, you are, not you can be if you want to be, you may be, you will be. You are the salt of the earth or the world. But if the salt becomes insipid, that means bland, with what shall it be seasoned? How can you season salt? That's what Jesus is trying to tell us. It is fit for nothing but to be thrown out and be trodden underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city built upon a hill cannot be concealed. This is the third episode, and we're concentrating on the salt of the world. Um, this will be our last uh, episode on the salt. Uh, God willing, next episode we will look at the light of the world, and then that will be the end of these series. We will then um, look at all those topics that you have recommended, and 
uh, by the power of God, the grace of God, by the the guidance of our Lord and the Holy Spirit, we will um, um, we will discuss the topics that you have recommended. Now let's go back to being the salt. Um, we spoke about how we are the salt and what that means, what that pertains. How do we become or how do we remain? What I'd like to speak about today is how do we continue to be preserved? You know, salt uh, needs to be preserved and so that it doesn't lose its, its savory or its tang. So how do we continue to be preserved, um, to be savory and tangy uh, to the lives of others, the bland spiritual lives of our uh, fellow brothers and sisters. We will refer back to one more time, Ishudad, Marishudad, Bishop of Haditha, uh, 850 AD. And he writes, by the sun, that is S-U-N, by the sun, salt is further purified and shines and glitters. So just as salt is purified by the sun, that is the sunlight warms the salty water, um, which is then called evaporation. It evaporates and it leaves behind a purified salt crystal that is harvested and it's, um, it's used and it's sold. So the sun, the S-U-N, purifies the, the salt, the actual physical salt. We too the salt of the earth, need to be constantly under the impacting radiant, the impacting power of the sun, S-O-N, the Son of God, the only Son of God, Jesus Christ, praise be to his name, God incarnate. So we need to be under the impacting radiant of the Son of God, and I will repeat again, the only Son of God, that is Jesus Christ, who is God incarnate, in order to be purified and live in purity. How can we? How do we remain a purified salt to give taste to the spiritual lives of others? Let's read Psalm 119, verses 7 and 8. Let's bring it, break it down to, I will give thanks unto you, with the uprighteousness, that is, honesty, of my, my heart. How? When I have learnt your righteous judgments, that is, rules and verdict. So when I have learnt, these are the keynotes, I have learnt. How do you learn? You read, you study, you ponder upon, you research. When I have learnt your righteous judgments, that is God's rules, verdicts, then I will give thanks to you with the uprighteousness, that means honesty of my heart. I have kept your precepts which means your teachings, your principles. How do we learn the precepts and the teachings and the principles of God? By reading the Holy Scriptures. And then the psalmist continues to say, Oh, forsake me not forever. Wherewithal, that is, by these manners on these means, meaning giving thanks in righteousness and learning the righteous judgments and precepts of God, Wherewith shall a man cleanse? There it is, cleanse, purify his ways. So how do we remain purified? How do we remain cleansed? Is again by giving thanks to the Lord and learning his precepts and being honest in our hearts to the Lord. 
And this way, a man can keep the precepts and the teachings and the principles of God. So number one, as I mentioned, if we remain thankfully, or if we remain truthfully, honestly, earnestly thankful to God and His Son and the Holy Spirit, giving thanks every day, every minute, every breath, let every breath, the psalmist instructs, give praise to the Lord, regardless of our circumstances and the situations. Yes, I know it's hard. At times, it's hard for a mother seeing her child in pain, in agony, to give thanks to the Lord. But I don't want to go too much into that. But yes, if we really have a look at that situation, that circumstance, we will conclude that, yes, we must give thanks to the Lord in the good times and the bad times, in wealth and poverty, in health and in sickness, in joy and in sadness, that we thank our Heavenly Father, that simply He is our God, and that He has not deserted us. And number two, if we are learned of the righteous... See, this is the time, this way, number two complements number one. Number two is the way that we can reach the point and be confident and earnestly thank God regardless of our circumstances. How? If we are learned of the righteous judgment, the rules, the verdicts of God. That is, knowing our responsibilities, our obligation, our commitment to the will of God. How do we do this? Simply, there are three most important ways. You know, you know when you want to get from point A to point B, there are a few things that you need to do. Number one, set in your mind that you want to go from point A to point B. Number two, find the most you know, um, quickest way and then get in the car and then start driving and be careful, obviously, right? So if we want to thankfully be truthful in our thankfulness to God, we need to know our responsibilities, our obligations. And there are three ways. Praying, here we go, yeah, there they go. The three cliches that the Christians use. They're not cliches, these are fact. You know, they're so factual and so true that we continue to repeat them. Praying earnestly, reading the Holy Scriptures and fasting at the same time. So that we know our responsibilities, our obligations, our commitment to the will of God in order to be thankful to Him so that we can then be purified. So that we, that salt, can be purified under the impacting power of Jesus Christ. Now you may ask, what is the will of God for us, Rabbi? What is the will of God? Well, there are many, many uh, different uh, uh, instructions. But if we read the first epistle of St. Paul to the Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse 3, Paul goes on to say, For this is the will of God. Now, I didn't just choose this verse ad hoc. I think it was divinely inspired. For this is the will of God, your holiness. Holiness doesn't mean a halo over our heads. Holiness doesn't simply or only mean that we live a life of, um, what is it, um, of, you know, um, um, a life 
totally you know, giving up the world and living in isolation or solitude. You know, yes, some people are called to that. The, the, the monks, the Rabbana, we say. Yes, there are some people who live a life of solitude. But holiness means to be set apart. We are all holy. All those who went down in baptism, in Christ's death, and then were born anew, was sanctified by the Holy Spirit, meaning set apart that we are no longer of the world, we are of Christ. So whenever you read or come across the word holiness, don't think that it's only those who have been portrayed in pictures or icons at, as halos around their heads. No. Holiness, as I said, is setting apart. So this is the will of your God. Set yourselves apart. Set your lives apart. Set your values apart. Set your purpose in life apart. And that you may be separated from all. See, there it is, separate. Let me read it again. For this is the will of God, your holiness, and that you may be separate from all fornication. When I, when I came across this verse, um, to to use for this uh, for this uh, episode, I was a little bit intrigued. You know, fornication. That means um, having a sexual relationship outside of marriage. And this is not going to be about fornication. Hey, adultery and fornication. That's going to be a few series there. I think the most tasteless and bland area of a spiritual life in which many are failing is their sexual activity, whether married or single. But let's not talk about that. Okay, so setting yourself apart. This is just an example that Paul is giving us. And the greatest contributing factors for this failing in this uh, failing of the sexual activity is, I think you'll agree, is the education systems, and the film industry, Hollywood. You know, let me, let me say it point blank. Christians, are you listening? Do you classify yourself? Do you call yourself a Christian? Do you identify yourself as a Christian? Is it because, if you're listening in the, in the car, is it because you have a cross hanging on your rear view mirror? Is it because you're, you, you have a cross on your neck? Or maybe you've tattooed the cross on your arms or your body. If you're cooking or washing dishes or vacuuming, is it because you have a, a cross hanging on the wall at home? Is that how you identify yourself as a Christian? Yes, that's one way. Amen. But let me tell you, Christians should absolutely refrain from R-rated and X-rated films. How can you become a savory, a tasty salt in the spiritual lives of others in this area if you yourself are failing? How can we do that? Hey, now, if you're sweating or you're, you're blushing now, if you want to turn off the podcast and you don't want to listen to this anymore, don't. Don't. This could be... And no, it not could be. This is God speaking to you. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. If this is what we are failing with in our lives, there's a fasting point. Lent is coming up. Hey, maybe one of my prayer points and fasting points is my weakness in this area. 
St. Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, Therefore, because we have these promises that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, if you read 2 Corinthians chapter 6, you know what Paul is talking about. Therefore, because we have these promises, beloved, let us purify ourselves from all impurity of the flesh and spirit, and let us cultivate holiness in the awe of God. This is how we become, we become, uh, you know, the power of Christ will be impacting upon us so that we correct ourselves, we fix ourselves, we purify our lives so that we may be a beautiful, tasty, savory um, flavor to the lives of others. When we live or simply strive, you know, it's very important that we, when we say we need to live, we need to walk, that we also add or strive vehemently to live a pure life. Because that's what Jesus says. Strive, make every effort to enter the narrow gate. That means the narrow gate is not easy to enter. We need to strive, we need to, we need to struggle, we need to go through challenges, but do that. Now, when you're striving to enter the narrow gate, Christ can see that is acceptable to the Lord. So when we live or simply strive vehemently to live a pure life under the transparency of Christ, we will truly glitter and shine. Even if we have not yet reached it, as St. Paul says, I don't know whether I've reached, I don't know whether I've made it. You know, for those who call to, uh, ask me, are you saved? Will you go to heaven? I say, you know what? I don't know that yet. But one thing I know, as St. Paul says, I have left everything behind and I am focusing on the prize that is set for me, focusing on Christ. When we do that, beloved, then we can testify to the moral life of chastity and at the same time we can then counsel others on how we can live a pure life according to God's perfect and holy will. Many people speak to me and ask me for counseling. The first thing I try to do is see if I ever struggled and went through what the person is going through. And nine out of ten times, yes, even during my priesthood, and then I think and, and recount, how did I overcome that weakness? How did I overcome that temptation, that trial? And then I give them my counsel. Because when I do, that becomes more effective. Because when you say to someone, listen, I was there. When someone is coming to you and asking you for help in their spiritual life, it means they have a bland spiritual life and they want you to be that savory, that tang, because we're all salt. You know, that person's salt is bland. We're all salt now. And when someone's asking you to, to help and to assist and to, you know, uh, uh, testify or to witness to something or, or to give advice about something they're going through, and you've gone through that and you've overcome that, then you can be even more effective because you will be so more encouraging, so more convincing because you've gone through that and you've done that and you've overcome through the impacting power of Jesus Christ in your life. 
You can encourage, you can guide one to a moral and God-appeasing life. You can give hope to one who is struggling with, example, fornication, adultery, theft, drug abuse, um, you know, gossip, hatred, which are all uh, moral sins. You know, they're immoral sins. They are, uh, they are they're sins that, that can bring spiritual death. And if we don't correct, and if we remain and leave this world in those sins, then the scriptures are very clear that we will not see the, the face of the Lord. We will not be in the presence of God. You can give hope to one who is struggling with fornication. You can, you can steer someone to a pious life. And this applies to every aspect of life. So, being salt, how do we remain that taste in the spiritual life of those who is bland? They're, they're lacking in their spiritual life. Know the precepts of the Lord. Understand the righteous judgment of God. Live that way. Correct yourself. The first and foremost we need to do, St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, test yourselves. That is, look into yourselves. Stop. If you can stop right now, um, I'm not sure if you can stop if you're driving on a freeway. Don't do that. Maybe even pull to one side and test yourself to see, Paul says, to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? Is Jesus Christ in you? Are you reflecting the, the title you have, the name you have, Christians? Examine yourselves. When we do and we, we find faults, we find flaws, we find discrepancies in our Christian life, it's not the end of the world. It's simple. Christ can use you. Christ can use your failure. Where do you fail? Well, once you correct it, once you overcome, Christ will use your failure. Listen, read Acts chapter 3. St. Peter puts it simply, when he slams the Jews and the Jewish leaders about them crucifying the only Son of God and that death could not hold Christ, he was resurrected. You know, he goes on to say, in, I think it's chapter 17, that it was your ignorance. So God used your ignorance for the salvation of the world. God can use your failures when you overcome to also help others to overcome, to be savory, to be tasty in the lives of others. Marishudad continues to say, however, when salt is hidden from the splendor of the sun, so let's put it in our perspective, when we are hidden from the splendor of the Son of God, salt becomes black and it's in its color. We become black in color. And its taste is spoiled and it is useless for the condiment, the tasting of food and that which is so thrown. When we become bland, no, we're not thrown away. People tend to steer away. People try to tend to avoid us. They don't want to have any reflection. They don't want to have any any um, um, relationship, you know, because we're not making any sense. We're not becoming that 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 savior taste in their lives. And then 
And, uh, you know, Jesus goes on to say, how are you going to be, how is this salt going to be flavored? You cannot flavor yourself. The only thing you can do is go back to Christ, return back to Christ as the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter. And your prayer point is, Lord, make me tangy, tangy, make me to be savory, make me to have that beautiful flavor which is in you, reflected through me in the lives that are bland. And how do we become bland? When Christ is not our way. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. When he is not our way, we're not going anywhere. You can continue in life, but really, we're not getting anywhere. When Christ is not the truth in our lives, there is really no knowledge. We think we know it, but we know nothing. When Christ's life is not in our lives, we are dead. And when we are dead, how can we be impacting on others? So let's close this series by saying that we are the salts, salts of the world through our faith in Jesus Christ. We need to be tangy. We need to be that flavor in the lives of those who are, uh, you know, who are lacking. How do we do that? We need to be impacting by Christ. How do we allow Christ to be, impact our lives? We need to obey him. We need to follow him. We will follow Jesus. We will follow Jesus. Hey, you know what? Thank you, Anita. Um, as I said, this is divinely inspired. We will follow Jesus because his voice is calling us, the voice of our Lord Jesus. We will follow his ways and fulfill all his precepts. And when we do that, and it's reflected in our lives, then and only then we can be impacting in the lives of others. Remember, Jesus said, you are the salt. And that is quite alarming. That means I have that gift, I have that calling, and if we do not fulfill, we do not use that gift for the glory of God and the edification of others and the salvation of others, we will be held accountable, just like the parable of the denarius. You can say, well, you know what, um, I lived my own life and uh, I, I couldn't be bothered or um, I, I wasn't worthy. So I just thought, you know, let's give up. Don't give up. Never, never, ever give up because Christ will never give up on you or anyone who has been called by his name. All praise, glory and honor be to his holy name now and at all times and forever and ever. Amen. One last thing, please also don't forget to rate and review this podcast and share with your friends and family. If you'd like to suggest future episodes or give us detailed feedback, please visit the link in the description or on our Instagram, linktr.ee forward slash double edged sword. God bless you all.